Kristen Pleasanton, Deputy Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. With me in the studio is Jeffrey Dawkin, and he's the Artistic Director of Coro Allegro. Welcome, Jeffrey, to Delaware State of the Arts. Thank you, Kristen. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. I know that um, you're a part of a wonderful organization here in Wilmington, and that is Coro Allegro. So could we start off by talking about um, the the organization itself and your mission and how you got started, et cetera? Sure. Uh, so this is the 30th season of Coro Allegro. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, this is my, my second season with them. And Coro Allegro is a chamber choir uh, that has been called Delaware's Chamber Choir uh, over the last 30 years. And we sing with about 30 voices, uh, mixed SATB choir. And, and part of the mission is to perform lesser performed works uh, while maintaining the highest artistic standards and also making music accessible to a wider range of audiences. We try to make a big point to keep our ticket prices low and to perform in various parts of the state and to make sure that choral music is uh, accessible and entertaining mm -hmm. and exciting uh, for a wide range of audiences. And when you say lesser known works, can mm -hmm. you talk about um, what that means. Sure. So so we do a lot of new commissions whenever the, the budget and the artistic um, enterprises allow us to do that. And we also try to dig deep into the repertoire to perform things that uh, maybe aren't performed all that often uh, because with – with how many choirs there are in the Delaware area, it sometimes is difficult to make sure that you're not performing the same type of music that everybody else is performing all right. the time. Uh, so that's one thing that my predecessor, Jack uh, Burnham, always made a big point to try to do as well. And as I am trying to take the group in a new direction and modernize things, uh, that's one of the main things that I am still sticking to is trying to be innovative with our programming uh, to make sure that we engage our returning audience members as well as bring in new audience members to to experience this beautiful choral music. And how do your members feel? Are they excited when there's something kind of new and different coming along? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and that's one thing that keeps <laughs> them coming back singing year after year, too, is the, the opportunity to sing some new and different things and also to try to uh, explore different genres. One of the things that's great with a 30-person choir is it's large enough that we're able to sing pieces that, you know, break into six parts, eight parts, sometimes mm -hmm. even 12 parts. Mm -hmm. um, but it's still small enough that we're not encumbered by having to do, you know, produce this huge sound and we can perform some more intimate styles of music. So you're performing in different venues. So what are the different types of venues that that you're in? Yeah, so that was one of my big things when I came in is uh, my background is not very church-centric. And I know that a lot of the performance venues around are you know usually in churches. And mm -hmm. so that's been one thing that, that we have been trying to do is to get out of churches a little bit. Because sometimes audience members uh, have a certain expectation when they're going into, uh, into a church to hear music. And even if it's not a church-centered program – uh, they might have that mind frame going in. So we've been performing at the Opera Delaware Studios uh, quite a lot recently, um, and we're exploring some other theatrical opportunities as well. We're performing at Baby Grand this season. Uh, and then, of course, when the program that we're doing necessitates a church venue, then there are so many wonderful churches around to still perform in. And how far do you guys travel as a group to perform usually? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, just in the last two years that I've been here, um, we've been down to Bethany uh, and then down to Dover and then a bunch of stuff in Wilmington and in the surrounding areas. Great. And do you pull 
um, your member singers mostly from Delaware, or do they come from? No, they're areas? all over this region. Actually, we have a whole lot of singers from Pennsylvania, of mm. course. Uh, several of our singers are from New Jersey. Um, some people come up from Dover. Some people come over from the beaches, and then there's mm. a good core of people from Wilmington. Oh, great! Which for me, as somebody who's from Los Angeles originally, is just so mind-boggling to me because I could drive <laughs> for 18 hours and still be in California. <laughs> so the fact that we have people coming from all these different states is really fun. Yeah, that's. That is fun. Um, so let's talk about, about you and your background, because I know you have um, a lot of rich experience in music. And, and so let's let's hear about it. Thanks. Uh, so like I said, I'm originally from California and I went to high school and to college out there. I went to the University of Redlands uh, and was an opera major in college. And then we moved out here to, to D.C. and I went to Shenandoah for graduate school. Uh, so my background is in like I said, vocal performance, and then graduate school, I studied choral conducting. And I'm the conductor of the Symphony Orchestra of Northern Virginia in, in the Washington, D.C. region, uh, and then of Coral Allegro up here in Delaware. And I spend most of the off-season traveling. I'm super fortunate. I just get to travel around the world and conduct orchestras and choirs. I just got back from Brazil conducting the National Symphony of Brazil. And in the next couple months, I'll be in Italy and Ecuador and New York for conducting engagements. Wow. Yeah. And so how does this all come about? Is your is your name sort of out there and and you or are you working to to meet these different groups or how does Yeah, that so I mean it's all about maintaining <laughs> and making these connections once you know once you've made them you have to maintain them. And it all started with a really brief story. I had dinner like 6 years ago with the cultural attaché of Ecuador in the US and less than 2 weeks later I was 25. Uh, I was <laughs> on a plane down to Guayaquil, Ecuador to be an adjudicator for the National Symphony auditions. Wow. Uh and I mean I was totally out of my element, but well I suppose that's not true. I felt out of my element. I <laughs> I had to keep reminding myself, I deserve to be here. I know what I'm doing. Uh, and so then from there, you just meet new people and new opportunities come up because all of these orchestras across the world, they all have members from other countries. And mm. so then they're like, oh, I have a great orchestra back in Italy that I would love to put you in touch with. And so then it just keeps, you know, spiraling from there. Um, and I know we'll talk about this later, but the upcoming concert for Coro Allegro, we're having a piano player from Russia come in because she's somebody that I met in all of these travels. Uh. And that's been an exciting thing for Coro Allegro as well is to uh, really expand the sphere of influence that that we can have by bringing in these musicians from all over the place. Right, definitely. And is there sort of a dream place that you're still waiting to to go to or sure yeah I would love to <laughs> I would love to get to spend some time in France conducting uh, mm. I, I've been to France many times but it's that's a tough nut to crack musically because they're a pretty insular music community um, so for um, me I would love to do the Brahms Requiem in Paris that's okay. that's like the dream right now <laughs> that sounds wonderful so um, a lot of the pieces that you're doing here with the with Coro Allegro are they in English or are they in different languages yeah I mean so I don't let the language dictate what I pick. I pick the piece of music and then whatever language it happens to be in, we will do it in. Um, so we're doing the Beethoven choral fantasy right now in German. Um, mm. And the the singers enjoy, I shall say, I suppose, the <laughs> challenge of, of getting to sing in other languages. Um, it's This is such an educated community here that we have lots of people who are multilingual. Mm. And also choral singing is such an important part of the community in Delaware that we have people who sing in lots of choirs and so they have lots of experience singing in other languages. One of the exciting things we did is we did some shape note singing originally, uh, or sorry, recently, 
that used some like old English, uh, and oh. so so that was fun for the for them to get to learn how to sing in a dialect that is not used anymore. And it also challenged me because I had to go back and do some research on coaching singing in old English. Mm. And do some of your members, do they bring music to you or, or are you sort of bringing the music to them? How does that work? Yeah, so it's, I try to be as collaborative as possible. Um, one of the things with being the artistic director, obviously, is that you have the responsibility of picking the music. Um, but no, I've, so far, every concert I've done with them, we've had at least one or two pieces on the program that other people have brought to me. Once I have submitted to the board, hey, here's the you know style, here's the concept for this concert, mm-hmm. then other people have brought some ideas to me just yesterday. Yesterday, I got a text from the president of the board saying, hey, I think I have something that would be great for our upcoming Broadway concert. Uh, and mm-hmm. so so then I look at it and, you know, and see how it would fit in. And I try to have concepts for all of the concerts just because okay. it's more engaging for the audience that mm-hmm. way if there's some sort of through line. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, because who am I to say, no, I'm the final authority. on <laughs> I'm the only person who gets to pick <laughs> this music. Uh, so, you know, while I do have the ultimate decision, I love taking advice uh, and suggestions from other people. And if someone is interested in joining Coral Allegro, can you tell me about the process for that? Yeah, sure. So we do auditions in late summer. Uh, and then as needed, we will do them again throughout the year. But generally, we don't have much attrition throughout the season. So so we do auditions, like I said, late August. Um Sometime like that. And we always have big audition announcements that are posted online and through okay. our social media. And I don't believe in making people sight read uh, at their auditions because my philosophy has always been I'm never going to ask you to sight read a concert. Uh, so <laughs> if you can if you can show that you can learn and you can read the music. Um, so it's just a bunch of, uh, you know, vocalizes and ear training exercises uh, so that I can get a sense of how their voice would fit in the ensemble. Great. And let's talk about how people find more out about Coro Allegro and other opportunities. Yeah, so all of our information is on com, and that's the best way to get a hold of us. We have a very active Facebook page as well, and we have a Twitter account. Uh, just like most groups, we do very little by phone these days. <laughs> um, and all of the email addresses for me and for the rest of the board can all be found at com. Great. Um before we move on to some other topics and some interesting programs that Coro Allegro is um, getting ready to present, I would like to take a moment to remind our listeners that you're tuned into News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV for Delaware State of the Arts. Today, I'm talking with Jeffrey Dawkin, and he is the Artistic Director of Coro Allegro. We've been talking about um, the different um, performances and the artistic choices um, that Coral Allegro presents throughout the community here in Delaware, across the state, and um, also regionally. And they are working on a big event, and I would like, like you to tell us what that's about and all the details involved. Sure. So every few years, uh, Coro Allegro does what's called Coro Allegro and Friends, uh, where they join with other singing members of the community to present a large-scale work from the symphonic choir repertoire. Uh, And this year being the 30th anniversary concert as well, we've gone really large for this. And so we're partnering with uh, the Delaware Choral Society, as well as the orchestra that I conduct down in the D.C. area, the Symphony Orchestra of Northern Virginia, uh, to present the Beethoven Choral Fantasy and a huge new 
new commission called Children of Zeus uh, by an American composer, Brian Wilbur Grunstrom. So the entire orchestra is traveling up here. Wow. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be huge. Uh, I'm excited. And you can see on my face a little pensive. Uh, no, it's going to be great. I'm really, really excited. Uh, so that, that will be at the Baby Grand. And the first half will be the uh, Beethoven Choral Fantasy, which if, if the listeners haven't heard before, the first almost half of the piece is just this virtuoso piano solo um, that, that Beethoven wrote for himself and originally improvised uh, while he was at the piano. And we have a Russian pianist named Sofia Gulyak uh, coming over from Europe to perform with us. She was the first woman to win the, win the Leeds International Piano Competition, and uh, that was in 2009, and mm. her career is just magnificent. She's a wonderful pianist. Uh, so she's coming in to perform that with the full orchestra and the choir. It's an interesting piece for choir because the choir only sings for about the last three minutes of oh. the work, but it's called The Choral Fantasy, <laughs> um, and and if any of your listeners do get to come out and hear it, you'll notice uh, some striking similarities to Beethoven's Ninth. Um, he, he wrote this sort of as a precursor to that, and for a lot of his life he claimed that there were no similarities, uh, but then later on he was just like, well, obviously there are some serious similarities <laughs> to it. Uh, and then the second half of the concert is this new commission called Children of Zeus, which is a five-movement work um, that takes uh, several of Zeus, uh, yeah, excuse me, several of Zeus's major children. We have Aphrodite, Ares, Hercules, Dionysus, um, and one other that I can't remember right now. Sorry. <laughs> um, and it's all set for very large. Uh, symphonic orchestra uh, with the choir. And and this is a collaboration that, that Brian and I have been working on specifically uh, as a commission for Coro Allegro. Oh. Um, and yeah, so it's incredibly exciting. He was able to write for the forces of the orchestra that he knew that we had uh, in front of us uh -huh. because he was able to say, what do I have for the <laughs> orchestra? And then also for this nice 75-80 voice choir um, that, that we're combining with. Uh, with the Delaware Choral Society, Choral Allegro, and then other singing friends uh, oh. from around the area. Um, so rehearsals have been going extremely well for that. And there is a lot of sound that is <laughs> that is going to come out of the group. Just incredible timpani parts. Uh, Aries, you know, being the god of war, is nice and loud and dissonant and all this fun stuff. Uh, and then with Aphrodite, these big, beautiful, long lyric lines. And it's been fun having Brian be able to come to some of the rehearsals mm. as well. Uh, and that's the nice thing with the commission from a local composer is that he's able to come and hear things and be like, actually, I'd like to tweak this a little bit and oh. make changes. And several of, the, several of the singers made some suggestions, not about the music so much, but just about the way that it has been presented in the score um, that has made it be a little easier to read, maybe for future groups mm. that will perform this. Mm -hmm. And and then uh, this whole choir from up here will come down to D.C. and perform the concert again with oh. the Symphony Orchestra of Northern Virginia with a different pianist uh, from Ecuador named Juan Carlos Escudero. We'll do the same exact concert again a couple weeks later. Wow. So yeah. what is the date and the time for sure. this event? Uh, it's April 29th at 7.30 p.m. Uh, at the Baby Grand uh, in, in Wilmington. Okay. And so talk about bringing all these groups together. First of all, how big of a challenge was that? Or 
since you're very familiar with people in this field, is was it easy or, or how did that go? Yeah, so the one challenge that, that we did face up here is that a lot of the uh, and friends singers that come to join us um, were people that had relationships with previous singers and with Jack as the previous director. And I was sort of an unknown entity up here. And so we had to do like a lot of whipping of the forces to get um, like whipping in the political sense, not the whipping <laughs> sense. Um, uh, to get to get people to come on board with this new guy who they didn't know, um, but as soon as we got everybody into rehearsals, we had a great you know we've been having a great time, and the logistics of putting together a huge orchestra like this you know we'll have sixty to seventy musicians that will be on stage in addition to the eighty or so people in the choir and then the soloists. It's just making sure that everybody's very organized, <laughs> so everybody's on the same page. We're only going to get one day of rehearsal because with with Sophia coming from Europe and the orchestra coming up from D.C. and the choir being from here. But it's fun. I mean, that's why we do this is mm -hmm. to get to perform these amazing pieces of music. And the collaborative process is what's so fun. Yeah, that sounds that really does sound exciting, especially for you to, to kind of see everything happening in front of your eyes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So um, I want to just talk a little bit more about Sophia, mm -hmm. because she does seem to be an extraordinary artist. So um how, how did that come about of you inviting her here? So I have a grand piano at my house from like 1896. Um, and it... It was in need of some repairs, and so I was just searching around online for a good piano repair person in <laughs> D.C., uh, and so so I vetted a couple people and then eventually hired this guy to come and do it. And so we were chit-chatting, and he knew who I was, and he knew what I did for a living, and he was just like, hey, I have this very good friend who's one of the greatest concert pianists in the world. She's going to be in town next week. Would you like to grab lunch with us? And so I said, what? yeah, sure. That sounds <laughs> wonderful. Uh, and so we went to a little cafe in the neighborhood, and so I met Sophia there. Uh, and, and then as she's been coming back and forth to DC or whatever in the mid Atlantic region, mm -hmm. I've gone to see her perform several times. And so we've developed a good relationship with that. So we've been talking for years about trying to do some sort of collaboration, but you know, in this line of work, you plan things so far in advance mm -hmm. because there's so much lead time that has to go with these. And especially when you have, um, a soloist, you know, that's involved that we planned this, you know, 20 months ago, 21 months mm -hmm. ago, something. And I knew I wanted to do the choral fantasy and so I had to ask her I had made all these grand plans and then I was like oh I should probably check with her to see if she knows this piece of music <laughs> um, so I sent her an email and she was like oh yes of course I've performed it many times um, but the difficulty here is since we're going to be doing it with a couple of different pianists in a couple places making sure that I'm learning it the way they're going to be presenting mm -hmm. it because it's mm -hmm. my job as the conductor to make sure I'm following the soloist mm -hmm. and then that the orchestra is following me and that the choir is all together with all of these things but yeah, I mean, Sophia's career is just incredible, and she's still a very young woman as well. And we are so enormously grateful um, and that that she is going to come to perform with us. And it worked out well. She is going to go right from here over to St. Louis uh, oh, to great. perform with a chamber orchestra in St. Louis. Um, so, so we're really incredibly excited by that. And she and I have been exchanging some recordings back and forth of, mm -hmm. of things to be like, hey, in here, how long of a fermata are you going to hold and just do all these sort of things. So so it's it's really incredibly exciting and checked with the Baby Grand to see which of their pianos we're going to be able to use <laughs> and it's there's so many logistics that go into concerts oh, like I this. Bet. Yeah. I bet. So when you get to the DC concert with your different pianist, yeah. it's gonna be a totally different 
um, kind of style that he has yeah. that you're going to have to then work with again? Yeah, absolutely, because it's interesting. While they're both you know very classically trained and exceptional pianists, he comes from the South American school, oh. um, you know, and she comes from the the Russian school, and so they will have a very very different flavor uh, to the things. And also, it'll be different because they'll be playing on two different types of pianos. Oh, okay. uh, you know, because we'll be on a Steinway up here, and then down in DC, we'll be on a Yamaha. Uh, so so things will just. And you might not think there will be much different in that but the sound quality is going to be very different okay. uh, and so we we try to make sure with Coro Allegro and with Sonova the orchestra both groups perform a lot with soloists mm. so they've gotten very good at just following Jeff to make sure you know <laughs> and so then it's on me to to make sure I'm following the soloists so and was it easy to integrate the Delaware Choral Society too within this project? Yeah, absolutely. So um, James was one of their their conductor. James Wilson was one yeah. of the first people that I met when I was down here uh, or up here, I suppose. And he and I said, "Hey, let's try to do something collaborative soon." Uh, and so as soon as this came on, and I knew that we could accommodate a very large choir, uh-huh. I called him up and said, "Hey, do you want to be involved in this?" And like, "Yeah, absolutely." Oh, great. So he's rehearsing them separately uh, down okay. there, and then they'll come up for the last you know week or two of rehearsal up here and we'll put that all together. So that's been, you know, me sending marked up scores down there. And the great thing with Brian, with our composer, is he's very technologically savvy, uh, as most composers are these days. And so he's created online rehearsal tracks uh, Ah. for everybody with, you know, the other parts omitted so they can just rehearse without hearing, you know, their parts to fill in. And so so that's been great. And because there's people literally all over the world being involved in this concert. uh, So with having the rehearsal tracks has been extremely helpful. That's exciting. I mean, it it sounds like it's going to be really fantastic. So... One more time, let's give the website. Sure, it's uh, coroallegro.com. Okay, and this big event, I mean, it's your 30th anniversary. It's only a concert that you guys put on this big type of show every three or so years. So this is really a great chance for a visitor to see uh, this this production. I mean, it's it's just amazing with um, international stars and fresh new compositions. and I think um, having something commissioned for this, too, is another exciting element. Absolutely. So people, they're going to see things they've never seen before. Truly, yep. Well, thank you so much. We're at the end of our time. I'd like to thank Jeffrey Dawkin, the Artistic Director of Coral Allegro, for joining us today. Thank you so much, Kristen. Appreciate it.